Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. This morning, uh, as I opened the church, I was praying for a little bit about just my homily and what I was going to say. And uh, one of the things that, two things came to mind. One was that without the bad news, the good news doesn't really matter, right? Good news becomes good news in light of bad news. And the bad news on Easter is we have to deal with the mystery known as death. And of course, we don't want to talk about it. We don't like thinking about it. It's kind of jarring and scary and annoying and persistent and just never goes away. And many of you have lost uh, people you love and know over the last few years. So death is very palpable in the world right now, even maybe more so than normal. And so we have to understand and enter into the mystery of death if we're going to see the good news of the resurrection. Otherwise, it's just about uh, Cadbury eggs and peeps, right? And uh, I do like Cadbury eggs, and I like putting peeps in microwaves, but past that, that's about it, right? <laughs> if you've never done it, you're going to have a great afternoon, right? <laughs> Get some Windex, though. All right. I was thinking about when was my first time I was aware of death, and I remembered I was about four or five years old, and the movie Bambi came out. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Most of you are adults. It's okay. <laughs> So Bambi came out, and my mom was going to take me, but she had heard on the news, right, that some little kids were really jarred because mom, uh, Bambi's mom is killed by the hunter, right? And so she began to hesitate, saying, I don't know, Ryan seems pretty sensitive as a young boy, maybe I shouldn't, I don't know. And she goes, you know what, we'll go, and if it's too much, we'll just leave. So I remember we go, right? And I was like four or five, and I can remember, the theater was packed, I remember we were like 70% of the way down on the left-hand side in the aisle, right? I remember where I was sitting, and I remember the scene vividly, because as a little kid, the movie screens look even bigger, right? And there's Bambi, if you don't remember the story or if you've never seen it, spoiler alert. So there's Bambi, and Bambi and his mother are running through the forest as the hunter is going after them. They're deer, okay, just in case you didn't see it. And uh, Bambi's running. And you hear the hunter running after them, and you hear gunshots, and Bambi's just scurrying as quick as he can. He gets to the cave, and he's huffing and puffing, and he turns around, and he's like, Mom? And he says, Mother, Mother. And it's just silent. And I remember in the movie theater, you could hear sniffling, because people are crying. And it says one more time, Bambi says, Mother. And I, at four years old, looking up at this big screen, at the top of my lungs, shout out, She's dead. It's true. 100% true story. If you want to verify that, my mom's in the front row. You can talk to her later, okay? So at a young age, death, we get exposed to death. Obviously, we deal with it differently, okay? Don't judge me. I won't judge you. Fine, okay, great. But it's so important because death is an inevitable. It's like gravity, right? Death is there. And when we don't process it, when we don't look at it, we don't recognize deep inside of us 
how much we want to avoid death and how hard death is. Death is so hard on us, we even have things called right, the stages of grief. Right? We know that people get angry. They bargain as if you could get someone back. And it sounds crazy if you're on the outside, but if you're dealing with grief, it's the most natural, normal thing to share. Here at this parish, Marianne Webb for years has been working on grief share to help men and women do this processing. Down the street, an amazing Catholic ministry, Cornerstone of Hope, helps men and women enter this journey of grief because it's so mind-lumbingly painful. But we don't often ask why. Why is death so painful? Why is it so shattering? It's because we were made by God for the Garden of Eden. We were originally created not to have death, sickness, sorrow to ever be a part of the human story. There'd no, be no things like regret, guilt, shame, remorse. None of the social evils, ultimately no death, was ever God's plan for us. And deep in your heart and in mine, we know we were meant for Eden. We have desires that pop up all the time that don't make sense. We want family and friends, people we love to never die. We never want to be betrayed or lied to. We want beautiful things like these flowers to never die. And I will get sad and angry, irrationally so, every year about four weeks into Easter when they start wilting. And now that I'm in charge, I start blaming people. <laughs> but the truth is, it's beauty fades. But right, we don't want beauty to fade. We want a beauty that never fades and just gets richer. We want friendships that get more and more meaningful. We want love that gets more vibrant and colorful. And yet we don't experience that. So what are these desires? How could we not want to die when everyone dies? Pope Benedict XVI said, into this place of our hearts, God's response is the resurrection of Jesus. In Jesus, we have a life and a love stronger than the grave. In Jesus, it's not just thinking nice things. He came back from the dead in this world. We could go all on a plane and look at the place where they said he rose from that tomb. He was no longer there. Which means there's a life, a love that's stronger than death and it makes our hearts not naive, stupid, or selfish, but prophetic. Our longings for a life that never ends, for beauty that never fades, for love that's always fulfilling is not naive. You aren't wrong to want so much out of life, but you and I may be wrong about where we're looking for it. We may be keeping going to empty graves, be like, he's there, I don't know, it makes no sense, I don't care, whatever, I just got to eat some Cadbury eggs, numb myself out with TV, and then I'll be done and start, start work or school the next week and get back to the grind. But underneath all of that is a compromise. We compromise in life. Because we don't want to feel the pain of the ache of, I want someone back from the dead. I want to be loved perfectly. No one wakes up and says, I can't wait to be ignored today. These longings, these desires, Pope John Paul II says, are what makes us 
human. He says they're the deepest stratosphere, deepest fabric of our humanity. And so often we become cynics. We tell little kids, grow up, that happens, deal with it. So violent. Rather than saying, I know. And those longings are totally fulfilled with Jesus. Stay close to him. He's going to take you to a world where you'll have total fulfillment. In this world, we get little appetizers. In that world, we get the full banquet. And so on Easter, what we celebrate is that God responded to your hearts and mine. God said, yes, we all are going to have to go towards this mystery called death, but it's no longer the final chapter. When Jesus rose from the dead, he said, we go down, but then we go up. St. Paul in the book of Romans says, he who descended, then ascended. And so, yes, we enter into the tomb. Yes, our bodies get older and creak and get weaker. Yes, we lose hair. That's happening quickly for some of us. Right? These things happen in our life. And it all speaks to us of the thing we don't want to really face. This painful sadness of death. And it is painful. But why? Because we know we're meant for life that doesn't end. And so Jesus risen from the dead gives us the hope that our hearts will be fulfilled due to Jesus. And so we stay close to him. At Mass, we hear about him in the scriptures. We feast on his body and blood so that part of our heart can stay animated and alive and our longings don't get less. They get bigger so that it's okay to want life that doesn't end. It actually becomes a prayer. If you ask the early church, what is prayer? They didn't say opening up a little prayer book and reading some things and thinking religious thoughts. They said prayer is nothing but becoming a longing for God. A longing for God. Who is God? The fulfillment of our deepest desires. Our deepest hungers. So does it surprise us that the way Jesus stays with us is through food because we have hungry hearts. Thank you, Bruce Springsteen. We have hungry hearts. And these hungry hearts aren't meant to be numbed, ignored, or denied, but are meant to be open wide so the Eucharist, the risen Jesus, can enter in, heal us of our cynicism and pain, and orient our hopes so that we can find that total fulfillment in the kingdom to come. May God bless you a very hope-filled and encouraging Easter.